All right, Jonathan, welcome back to another one. Rory, how's things? Yeah, all good. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Really uh, um, well and truly a familiar voice by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually quite enjoyed it, to be honest. Um, yeah. Something that you kind of try to convince me to get on. And uh, yeah, obviously I'm usually on the, the hamster wheel in the back end of all this. But yeah, yeah being in being in front, front end now is uh, just a, a, another... You're like the Sorry? swan. You're all you're all elegant on the top, but the legs below the water. That's exactly it. That's pretty much me. Yeah, from uh, seven in the morning till about one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> there you are, eighteen hours a day, seven yeah. days a week. Um, but someone has to do it. So, um, yeah, great to catch up. Mm-hmm. Really, what I suppose today, what we'll do is just have a quick look at the markets, Rory. Again, um, obviously we've got a busy week ahead. We've got earnings. Obviously, in the middle of earnings season, we've got, you know. Obviously, we've seen PMIs out and mm-hmm. quite a lot of data coming out as well. So it should be a decent kind of trading week this week as well. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think there's definitely going to be a lot of volatility about definitely going to be a lot of um, catalysts in ter- terms of earnings. We've already seen the PMIs come out this morning, really across Europe, a lot weaker than expected. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've started to see that just looking on a few of the charts. Um, you know, FTSE's down uh, three tenths of a percent. Um, Eurostock's already down half a percent. You know, so things are just moving into that sort of negative territory there really as well. And um, we did see on Friday just before the close, you know, the S and P just not really being able to make any more advancements. It is obviously still quite steep, but not being able to get up to forty six hundred. And a bit of dollar strength also coming back into markets as well. You know, putting a few um other currencies under pressure as well as putting equities under pressure. So could lead sure. off for an interesting week. Yeah, I mean, look, we've seen we've seen all the kind of European equities kind of on that kind of upward trend over the last what ten days, maybe one week. Yeah. Uh, do you think this is going to have a big effect, you know, on the future kind of pricing? Yeah, I mean, I I, I still I still think there's potentially a bit more upside left here, um, yeah, you know, really within equities, but I don't think there's going to be too much more. You know, one of the things as well I realized is that you know looking back on the data. It was, I think it was 2005, June 2005 um, was the first rate hike cycle that the Fed started just before the GFC. You know, it was two and a half years later then when, you know, they actually had to start slashing interest rates. And, you know, that's that's really how long it took, you know, for interest rates to get up to five and six percent. That's how long it took really for it to hit the economy was over two and a half years. So obviously we started at the beginning of 2022. We're already halfway through 2023 now. Uh, with interest rates. So I reckon sometime maybe in the middle of next year, end of next year, I wouldn't be surprised to really see the full effect on markets. Because I mean, you know, an interest rate rise today, it doesn't really do anything to people. It's, you know, it's what it does two years down the line, three years down the line. I think we've discussed it before is that, especially when we heard in the UK, so many millions of mortgages are renewing this year at higher rates. Just because they go up today doesn't mean everybody pays the rate today. So it may have to wait a few months or even years for everybody to feel those effects. So sure, I, I mean, there's what there's what 25 basis points expected yeah 25 fed and ecb points. yeah 25 yeah. basis points expect to bring the fed up to five uh five and a quarter and five and a half so i think a lot of people think that's going to be terminal rates um you know before we've seen the slowdown in data there especially in the uk we thought uk was going to be between six and seven looks like uk rates are going to be between five and six now and i think it's pretty much the same with the us it's going to be between five and a half and six definitely don't like, think they'll, they'll get over six now I suppose the key question is like, you know, are we going to continue to see these rate hikes? Obviously, you know, inflation still creeping up. I mean, what's your thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, inflation is still creeping up slowly. You know, obviously there is a slowdown in it. There's a slowdown in the rise in inflation. Sure. But from what we're really looking at, you know, with PCE data coming out on Friday, I think that'll be a huge factor. You know, just before we jumped on, I did mention that I don't think Wednesday's going to be really all that much of an event. You know, the FOMC, they're going to hike by 25 and that'll be it. It's well and truly being priced in now. So I think it's it more might- about not just the basis point hike, though. It's more about, you know, what they're feeling, feeling is into the future and what, you know, is it going to be a hawkish kind of yeah. approach or I think that's yeah. the key really. Yeah, and even those scripts now, you know, over the past couple of years, those scripts now have been tightly scripted and, you know, they're actually somewhat predictable now. Um, Obviously, with the advancements of AI and things like that, people are now able to very quickly check what language was copied and pasted and what was just replaced. And usually that's what happens. Now people can see that one word was replaced and usually that's what that's what will happen probably this uh, this week. So I doubt that's going to be a major concern either. It's just if right. the language completely changes altogether, which I don't think it will. And the Fed will probably just come out and say, you know, we maybe don't see any reason for any more rate hikes data dependent, uh, but we're still not afraid to maybe continue to push further. But I think then coming into Friday, you know, we see the PCE index coming out. If we see it coming in hotter than expected, then again, that could give the Fed a bit more, you know, a bit more fuel maybe to go ahead at the next time round, I think in August. You know, so that's oh, just going to be something to think about. Looking at Bank of Japan as well, obviously they're expected to keep their 0.1% yeah. interest rate. Is that right? Yeah. You know, so no, they're, obviously on, your... they're obviously on the, you know, still on that sort of yield curve control as well. I, I just don't think Japan are going to do it. I mean, inflation rate's still creeping up in Japan. Um, you know, they've sure. always been known now for the last, what is it, 30 years or something to have ultra low interest rates. It, it's just been crazy you know, in Japan. And it's really, I have now started to see that it is a place, you know, it's a place that a lot of money managers are actually starting to move asset allocations towards um, because I think Japan are on one of the hottest streaks they've been on in quite a long time. But for me, it's still yeah. it's a place I would invest money, especially looking at the Japanese yen. It's certainly not a currency I'd like to be, I'd like to back long-term. You know, as, right. much as, as much as it's that sort of safe haven, I think it's probably the riskiest safe haven that's really out there, if I'm honest. Sure. Uh, who's who's going to be first out of blocks? Yeah. Um, I suppose let's have a quick look at um, stocks, uh, specifically US. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we've seen quite a dip in most tech stocks, looking at Tesla, Netflix, Microsoft, all these guys. Obviously, we've seen dollar strength over the last seven days or so. Yeah. And off the back of that, we've seen kind of stocks fall from that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, we've seen just looking at a bit of my watch list, there are some of the biggest biggest losses there. Friday, Jonathan, you know, Meta, NVIDIA, uh, Netflix, as you mentioned as well. Tesla, obviously, down as well. Some of the big gainers, though, you know, we've seen in there were things like, you know, Starbucks, Nike, Carnival Cruise Line, Disney as well. Some big gainers amongst that as well. And then it, obviously everything in between. But, we, you know, we do have earnings coming up this week. Uh, Monday this morning, Domino's, we've seen them reporting um, tomorrow before the open, we have Verizon 3M. After the close, with Microsoft and Google and Snapchat and Visa. Wednesday, then ATT and Boeing, Meta. After the close, Thursday, Royal Caribbean, Ford or Royal Caribbean, you might want to call it, um, McDonald's. Yeah. And then on Friday, we have Exxon. So quite a heavy week next week, or this week, sorry. I think it's, um, is it 21% of the S&P, I think, report this week. So yeah. uh, quite a heavy week. So expect a bit of volatility there as well. Yeah, deep in it. Yeah. Okay. You know. Perfect. Um, quick look at gold. Yeah. Um, obviously we've seen some consolidation there at the moment. Again, like for me, you know, Wednesday is going to be the key de- key day for 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 gold as well. 
I mean, obviously, if we see, you know, a pause, we're, we're probably going to see, you know, continued upside from there, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if, if we if we seen that pause, obviously that would, you know, relate to quite a weak dollar. And then from there, what that would do is just obviously send yeah. gold. You know, probably I would say spiraling towards at least 2000, 2020, you know, no doubt at all. But I think if we see that 25, that'll just confirm it. And I think maybe, you know, the reluctance of gold here sitting around that 1960 at the minute, I think the reluctance of it going back down to that sort of 1900 is probably sitting on the hopes of that there might be a pause. You know, there's, it's yeah. kind of sitting there on that 5% chance. And we're just seeing that resistance now coming back into play at that 1980. You know, we said, Jonathan, going back two yeah. weeks ago, that gold had to get above 1940, then it had to give above 1980. It got yeah. above 1980, but it never held. You know, it, yeah. it didn't look too confident. Now we're back below that 1970 sort of level, heading back down to 1940. And I think that's just where it's going to consolidate now for, for some time. <clears throat> yeah, potentially. I mean, looking at the, the dollar index, obviously, I mean, we've seen that kind of like we've said already like one week uptrend now i mean really the next level there is 102 i guess and really as a dollar look it's about round numbers really the dollar isn't it i mean like that's that's where all the resistance light resistance lies yeah i mean just you know looking at that dollar index i mean that's the sort of biggest breakthrough we've had in dollar you know that was the lowest level from what you know april um 2022 so obviously over a year and a bit that was the lowest level we've seen I think we could get back into this 101 to 105 range, Jonathan. I think that's just really where we're going to start to see um, dollar pressing. If we do know that, if if we are quite certain that the Fed are done with the rate hikes, that's all well and good. A lot of people say, well, yes, start to go short dollar. But you also have to remember to go short dollar, you then have to buy another currency. So what's yeah. that other currency that you're buying? Well, Bank of England sure. are now coming out. Um, you know, We're seeing inflation in the UK slow, and they're maybe going to come out mm-hmm. slightly on the dovish side. Um, ECB, yes or no one for always um, over tightening. But again, things in the euro uh, area after the PMI is coming out this morning are obviously um, setting those recessionary fears in again. So that's going to loosen up um, yeah. potential policy. So, I mean, if you're not going to be, uh, if you're going to sell dollar, what currency are you going to buy? And that's going to be the main question, I think, out there. Well, nothing looks mildly attractive at the moment in my eyes. So I think sure. that's why a lot of money is maybe just going to dollar. You yeah, know, 100%. We have a central bank. Sorry, if we had a central bank, I don't know, for example, if we had the RBA or something, and they were just continuing, or if the BOE were just continuing on this mad rate hike cycle, inflation in the UK was still crazy high, PMIs were strong, well then, yeah, we, we could see dollars suffer and, you know, cable climb higher, but I, I don't see any reason why dollars should be sold off right now. Sure. I mean, it's funny, I was playing some golf over the weekend and everywhere I seem to go, if I bump into people that I know, the, the first thing they say to me is, you know, when are we looking at recession you know yeah. so many people looking to buy houses so many people looking to make decisions now yeah. and really everyone's at that kind of standstill point where do i invest you know are we looking at potential collapse here yeah. you know are we even gonna are we gonna get kind of a slow recession or are we gonna get that kind of big bang recession yeah and uh so there's so much uncertainty out there at the moment right i mean it's there's nothing you know what is stabilizing it is it it's kind of built on matchsticks at the moment or are we actually you know is there foundations there to actually you know stop that bang impact if you like yeah i'm i mean you know f- f- from as far as my knowledge goes there's obviously a lot more foundations there than there was back in you know 2007 2008 yeah. you know there's obviously a lot better shock shock absorbers within banks that hold a lot more capital you know i'm certainly not going to bore everything talking about the you know the basel three accords and um you know, and all the different ratios that the banks need to have to to stable themselves. But there's basically on the other side of the on the other side of that. Sorry, just to 
just to, on the other side of that, then look how much lending has been done over the last short period of time, you know? Well, that's the thing. Credit lines are actually starting to tighten up a bit now. Money just isn't really readily available as it was. Interest rates are moving up a bit. And everybody, you know, any good economist will always tell you that um, these leading indicators such as interest rates increasing or even the leading indicators such as PMIs, they're always, you know, as leading as they are, they're always leading by at least a good six months, maybe sometimes as much as 18 months to 24 months. So just because you see these indicators flashing now doesn't mean that it should be happening now. As I say, we always go back to the last major recession we had. 2020 doesn't count because it was a bit of a black swan event. But if we go back to sort of 2005, 2006, you know, Michael Burry, and he wasn't the only one. There was a lot of other people there as well seeing the red lights. Um, but people just didn't buy into it. People just didn't believe it. it. took a few years to develop, and then all of a sudden it came crashing and burning down. I mean, there was a there was another few, another flame to that fire, and that was sort of the, you know, the housing market and things like that. But I do think we could see bit of a bang again in the market things coming crashing down i wouldn't be surprised if we did see it to be honest you know bit of yeah, a big it, statement, it's, but... it's a big statement but at the same time i think this has been it's, it's been a long time coming you know we've all been kind of sitting kind of waiting for something to happen and nothing's happening and it's kind of like well how are we kind of still what what are we propped up by you know yeah well i mean um, from 2008 all the way to 2015 the u.s was sitting on you know zero percent interest and you know that it doesn't sound like a long time that you know it's only seven years, but let you know let's kind of call it twelve years between two thousand and eight and twenty twenty or even twenty twenty one. We could nearly call it thirteen years of ultra low interest rates. That's nearly a generation, Jonathan. That's you know yeah. a generation of people who have it instilled in their head that money's free. And there's also another sure. generation of people who were then convinced that now money is free. So you've nearly yeah. maybe half of the world's population who now think money's free to borrow. So now sure. when interest rates are going up to five, six percent, people are like, well, what's this? Why why is it so yeah. much? They yeah. keep spending and spending, and then they realize shit, it isn't free anymore. There is actually a huge cost to this. So it may Absolutely. take a while for people to grab onto this idea of what interest actually really is. And that's the flip side, right? You can kind of okay, turn around and say, I'm gonna hold off on buying a house, for instance, at the moment, mm-hmm. right? But at the yeah. same time, you know, you might get a cheaper house, but you can be paying higher interest. So it's you know, there's that kind of balance in you know, situation there where people are in at the moment. So yeah. it's not really going to get a whole lot better in any direction, really, for people at the moment. I think our generation anyway have kind of gone through that kind of a tough period, you know. Um yeah. obviously that kind of Celtic tiger kind of generation. Yeah. Um That's really right. kind of really kind of killed it for our generation. Yeah. I mean yes, I was especially in especially in Ireland anyway, we started seeing that boom, you know, late nineties, early noughties. <laughs> Yeah. you know yeah yeah was... everyone buying second houses and third houses and yeah, yeah. you know um, I, I feel sorry for the people of dublin i mean complete housing crisis there and it looks like it's just going to set to continue for another 10 or 20 years until something's sorted about it but it looks I mean, like it similar story really across the world i think at the moment 100 you know? um so let's have a quick look at <clears throat> to wrap it up i suppose oil i guess look we've again we've been looking at oil for a while now it was stuck in that range we saw it kind of push through that range mm-hmm. and again back up now to what you know three month highs yeah i mean the highs there from what yeah pretty much april so yeah, yeah we're kind of looking at three months highs now and you know that sort of push that we've seen mid-march early april was kind of off the back of um when opec came out and first uh, talked about the surprise uh production cut that was kind of the first thing we've seen. We never seen anything develop from there. 
And nearly every sort of peak that we've seen within that range between 67 and 74 was always nearly the same scenario again. It was always something to do with a bit of uh, commentary around OPEC. And now we're just starting to see global demand pushing higher. OPEC cuts now getting a bit more serious. Other countries starting to, um, outside of OPEC, starting as well to tighten in on production. So we're just starting to see oil prices now creeping further and further higher. And some major banks on the city are now saying oil could be as high as $100 a barrel for WTI yeah, by September. Yeah. Yeah. looking likely sure um obviously with the podcast you know i believe it's key to try to help people build their bias okay and i suppose at the moment um in terms of bias it's kind of sit on the fence really at the moment right wait you know this week's kind of maybe some intraday trading we can kind of get some you know we can earn for some volatility for sure maybe during this week but in terms of long-term direction i think it's kind of sit on your hands kind of week really yeah, well, for, for me, you know, if, if it was all long term direction, it would still be kind of somewhat bullish for it. And I think I think it always comes back to the age old question of, you know, what, what your time frame is, you know, and I think that's um, it's definitely a very sort of dimensional side where we could see if we, if you wanted to play oil here, maybe for the next two or three weeks, you could run it up to $82 a barrel. If you wanted to play sure. it for six months, you could run it up to 100. But if, as you said, Jonathan, you want to play it intraday, it actually might be a short there off, you know, some of the um, R2 resistance that we're seeing there. Absolutely. Even off all the markets at the moment, personally, I think once we see these the data coming out this week, I just don't yeah. think there's we can really make a decision on any market at the moment until we see what see what happens this week. Yeah, I, th- I think we do. I think we need to see earnings. But I think we need to see the back end of earnings, and then we yeah. also need to start seeing um, obviously the FOMC this week. Looking at the PCE, maybe looking at another inflation data report there as well. Yeah. Um, bit of labor market conditions. I think what we need to do, and you know, this sounds like I'm kicking the bucket down to the end of the street, but we need to wait until the end of summer, I think, to get a better, a better uh, direction. You know, summer's always known for being that holiday season; people spend yeah. more, so it, it can be hard to sort of track markets that way. So I think we need to just wait until then and see. Usually, um, September, October times when people don't really have as much money, and that sort of Q3 earning period uh, yeah. can be down the drain a bit. Sure, absolutely. We'll not see that until Q4, really. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Do you want anything else that you want to run over? I, th- I think that's pretty much everything. We sort of touched there a bit of FX, oil, um, looking at the indices there too. So I think you yeah, have pretty much covered everything. I mean, any questions that always come through, a great place to ask them. So just jump onto the app. You're always there. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Great, Jonathan. Cheers. Cheers, Rory. Good to Thanks. catch you, buddy. Take See care. You next week. Bye-bye.